You will have heard the, the term talking in song in relation to the, the American shamans. Um, so really that's from channeling light language and it's frequencies which activate your connection to your higher self basically to bring in healing, knowledge, understanding. Welcome to Brave Bolt Brilliant Podcast. I'm here today with Chris Marsh. Now, Chris Marsh is a fascinating character to get to know <laughs> because Chris is an analytical hypnotherapist. He's a shama- shamanic, can't even say it, shamanic <laughs> healer, Reiki master, and just everything in between. But started off in IT. So IT <laughs> turned shaman. Now, this is going to be one hell of a story, Chris. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for having me, Jeanette. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Fantastic. No, and then um, you and I met because we were at um, a friend we have in common, the um, Renewal of Vows celebrations, and yep. you were there weaving your magic. You had me two hours <laughs> lying on the ground in a blissed out state, and I thought, <laughs> I've got to invite this man on my podcast because you've got <laughs> magic about you. So that's Brilliant. how it all Thank started. you for saying that. Appreciate that. <laughs> so, Chris, a shaman. Oh, my God. You are the first shaman ever on Brave Bold Brilliant. Yeah, so what, yeah. what does a shaman do? So so firstly, um, I think that the term has a little bit of uh, um, controversy around it, to be honest, because there's a lot of people talk about um, cultural appropriation around the term and often associated with you know North Americans and the South Americans but but the word actually comes from Siberia originally and the the, the Siberian shamans migrated across to, to the US and the Americas but um, but my interpretation of that word is it's just a colloquial term for me for spiritual healing basically and so with shamanic healing it's it's not just one kind of modality if you like it's a collection of lots of different things that we use together so for me it's the most ancient form of healing it's working with spirits working with the land working with plants it's it's about combining all these different things together so in how i practice um i i'm a reiki master as you mentioned so i combine the energetic healing with the spiritual healing the spiritual healing is really we work a little bit mediumistically so i see people's um, traumas in this life so i see enough to be able to explain it to to the person I'm working with. And what that does physiologically, it triggers their subconscious recall to be able to process and understand that this event is creating this behavior, if that makes sense. So the subconscious can release and go, yeah, I don't need that fear anymore. I actually can let go of that. Um, And then it will blend into potentially past life karma. So um, we've all had lots of past lives, some more than others. Um, And often we've had lots of past lives with the people around us as well parents grandparents partners siblings um so it's carrying forward that karma into this life so the the classic everybody will talk about is if you have a massive fear of water for no reason it could come from dying in a past life in water um those kind of situations and then we work on something called ancestral healing which is the trauma passed down a generation so we inherit trauma from our parents basically so when we're really young in particular if our parents are struggling with mental health we'll experience that second hand and we'll pick up their mindsets, their behaviors. You, we even learn how to sit and walk. So um, I've inherited my rotator cuff issues from my mom, not physiologically, but by copying a posture. Um, she's been telling me for years it's my posture and I've been telling her it's not. So um, I hope she's not listening. Um, 
Um, and then we, myself and my partner, we channel something called light language, which is really, it's activation. It sounds like a foreign language. And you you will have heard the the term talking in tongue in relation to the, the American shamans. Um, so really that's them channeling light language and it's frequencies which activate your connection to your higher self, basically to bring in healing, knowledge, understanding. So, um, so that's a whistle-stop tour of what shamanic healings for me. We use tools uh, when we heal. We use plants. So everybody will have heard of sage. So sage and smoke clears and shifts negative energy. We use sacred tobacco. Um, we use um, plants like cacao is quite common at the moment. So cacao takes you out of your head into your heart. Um, so healing medicine. Um, and, and all of the plants in your garden do amazing things. Dandelions, cleavers, dock leaves. They all have incredible healing properties that we've been kind of disconnected from over the years um, due to the modern medicine practice, really. Um, we use um, medicine drums, um, so the shamanic drums. Um, we use uh, flutes. My partner, Tasha, uses sound bowls. Um, all great tools that work with the body um, synergistically to, to heal, shift energy, clear stuck energy in the body. Um, and we use our voices too. We sing again. The, the voice is is like sound healing it shifts energy in the body so um so lots of great tools and we uh, we work with individuals to understand really where they are and really the guys are doing the healing they're just showing us what needs to be shifted what the person's going through um and we even get guidance and understanding for, for them as well but the comedian might give you so there's a, a whistle top overview <laughs> i guess there's a lot of sort of theory myth maybe mystery around this whole this whole space and sure, when we yeah. when you when you talk about spiritual healing that's not the same as religion is it no no not at all so you want to just explain it, the difference yeah so um so my my theory and the kind of spiritual side of life is that we're all energetic beings okay and and this body is just a vessel um and uh, imagine it's like we're a TV set tuned into a signal, which is our soul, our higher selves. Um, and so we come and exist in, in this plane for a bit of time to learn, evolve, to ascend, if you like. Um, and our our soul is always connected to us. So we always have access to all of the information we need. It's just learning to connect into that. So um, a, a lot of religions, they put separation between you and God, create whatever you want to kind of perceive it as. But actually, we can connect to that ourselves. We can connect to that um, that higher self, our higher selves, God the Creator, whatever you want to perceive it is. You know, I, I firmly believe that we're all part of God. We're all one. We're all connected. Ultimately, uh, I had a meditation once where I saw it like a a big rope and twining and twining and twining constantly down to the individual souls. Um, so spiritual healing really is is about. For, for me, helping people connect back to their true self to find their real purpose in life, to find their real path, to find that fulfillment and find that um, evolution that they need in this life, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, fantastic. And, you know, I guess the natural question, and I'm, I know you get asked this a lot from previous conversations we've had, but, you know, a shaman's born or made? <laughs> I, uh, I think it's a, a combination of both, um, to be honest. So, I think a lot of us uh, have come with a mission to help others and heal others. But what I say to everybody is um, everybody can do the things that I do. Everybody can do the, the the healing work. Everybody's got that connection to spirit. 
And so to enable you to get that connection and reconnect to it, it's all about doing this self-healing. It's about healing yourself to to allow that. Um, everybody comes with a, a spiritual purpose, I believe. Um, so I think it's a combination. Some of us are born with a stronger connection than others for, for whatever reason. Um, and some of it comes randomly later in the life. Um, like it did for me, uh, I had some experiences when I was younger, but it wasn't until about 2016. I think I started to have my awakening, if you like. And a lot of people are going through that right now as well and starting to realize that there's a little bit more to life and the world than we're led to believe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And actually, that leads, leads us on nicely, Chris, to to sort of really, for you maybe to just explain a little bit about your journey, because I know you had a very <laughs> yeah. long career in IT, which again, is probably totally busting the myths of anyone that sort of meets a shaman and goes, hang on a minute, a career in IT, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so to, yeah, to yeah, I, I, I don't wear a poncho. Um, yeah, I don't wear purple trousers or um, linen, linen clothes. Um, so... I, I yeah, I started out life as a software developer and, and started my career. You know, when I was a teenager in the uh, late eighties, early nineties, people would say, "Chris, computers where the money is." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I like money. I like computers. So let's do that." And I was like on a, a railway track going 100 miles an hour, just into IT, thinking, "Right, this is my purpose. This is what I'm doing." Off I go, um, and you know, A levels degree, straight into a, a job, um, and really you know software was a creative outlet but i was not the smartest software developer in the world so i progressed into project management consultancy and ultimately i was head of software development for a big um healthcare software company managing 65 people so the thing that fueled me throughout that career though was anxiety basically and it was probably about 13 years ago now that i suddenly realized i needed help with my mental health so it was at that point traditional classic mindset around mental health you just need to carry on you just need to just need to work through it you just need to keep going it's fine it's fine um but uh, i got to the point where i thought hmm, the, the thoughts are getting a bit dark and i need help the anxiety is getting too much so i did the traditional route you know i went to the gp and i remember the conversation with my gp vividly i said okay this is what's going on this is what i'm struggling with and i need some help but i don't want medication and i don't want time off work and the GP said, well, Mr. Marsh, you're not giving me many options. Um, so well, it must be something. So I did some stress counseling in a group. And I'm like, okay, well, I already know all this. So it's not going to help. And then I had some one-to-one counseling, which was great. The first guy was a Scottish guy. And he was, Chris, stress girls, stress girls, stress girls. I was like, yeah, okay, now I understand. It's serious. Okay, I, yeah, I understand. Thank you. Um, but you you go and do eight sessions. You fill out all of these forms every time you go to say how you feel, how good or bad you feel. And then at the end, they go, all right, thank you very much. Um, come back in a year if you're still struggling. I'm like, well, what was the point in those forms? What do I do next? What do I do now? And it's like, I don't know. So that was my realization, really, that I am going to have to fix this myself. Uh, so being a uh, software developer, uh, a, a problem solver, thought right okay here we go then i'm going to sort it out so i just immersed myself into learning about psychology watching youtube videos buying self-help books um then through through my day job i started to, as a progress start to do coaching courses um started to learn more about mindset and obviously start to manage people um 
just understanding people's behaviors. I was really curious all the way from my life, really, what causes behavior. So just in more and more learning and reading, eventually, um, it's just through trying to cope with my mental health. I found yoga initially, which was my introduction to mindfulness. The first time I'd actually been properly relaxed in my life, I think, I certainly as far as I can remember. Um, and I thought, wow, I want more of this. So research meditation. Um, I use uh, an app to learn how to med- meditate, which is a brilliant starting point if anybody really wants to 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 try and learn how to get into meditation. Um, and and then that led me through to um, my spiritual awakening. Really, it, it, I found uh, a medium actually out of curiosity for conversation with an ex girlfriend. Um, and straight away in this reading with this this gentleman, Michael, he said, "Right, I've got a really tall lady here, short curly hair, quite old, Margaret." I was like, "Right, that's my grandma." <laughs> my dad's mom. So I was like, "Okay, you could not make that up, right?" Um, and uh, and I noticed on his website he did Reiki. I said, "Right, tell me about Reiki." And I remembered Reiki from the eighties. I used to watch a lot of TV as a kid things like QED and things where they talk about alternative stuff. And I was like, tell me about Reiki. I'll tell them more about that. So I experienced Reiki with him and I thought, right, I want more of this. So I used to go every two weeks, amazing way to keep on top of my symptoms. Um, and I was doing acupuncture and all the other things around that. Um, so I, I was a prolific endurance athlete as well, um, which is kind of coping mechanism for stress and anxiety. Um, but I just couldn't find the answers. I still couldn't get on top of the anxiety. I still could not understand why I had all of these subconscious blocks, all these negative feelings. Um, and I said, right, okay, I just need to keep digging. I need to keep trying to understand this. And and what led me to hypnotherapy was actually a gentleman did some training for my old team um, who's a sports psychologist, worked with premiership football teams, um, and he worked with a, an ex-England rugby international um it, it was called high performance team training and uh um and ken being a, a sports psychologist I was like okay well give me some advice how i might get into this field um and it was ken who said forget doing the degrees forget psychotherapy psychology degrees counseling hypnotherapy is the thing that really makes the difference um so i thought with a career psychotherapist saying that then that's definitely the thing to do um, and then I met my mentor who I trained with in a mind, body, spirit event. And straight away, as soon as I met him, I thought, okay, you're going to help me. Um, so it was like, do you do training? Yes, right, sign me up. Um, and that, that was that side of it. And alongside of um, of that journey, um, getting more and more bogged down in the day job, starting to get more and more frustrated, um, but still trying to chase the next level, trying to chase the director roles I was getting executive recruiter contacts, looking for mentors. And through going through the hypnotherapy that I use now, um, a light bulb went off in my head uh, instantly. I thought, what am I doing? I mean, a company I hate, doing a job that I hate, in an industry I don't like anymore. I don't even want to be in the commercial world. I want to work for myself. And it was just literally, then I was one-track mind, then focused on building my business. Um, And then I think it was about six months from that point where I actually had my notice in and walked away from the IT industry for good. Um, and uh, and alongside of that, um, you know, when you start to open up spiritually and tune into your actual natural intuition for things, you start to notice all the synchronicities that come in life to nudge you in the right, um, right path. Um, and I met a gentleman that shows the shamanic healer, 
um, talks about what he did. And I thought that overlaps a lot with my hypnotherapy process. I was just really curious about it. And it had come up a few times in my journey. Um, and this this guy was like a huge bear of a man, um, massive um, guy, huge beard, used to live in South Africa, he used to be a hell's angel. So I went to, to Birmingham where he lives for healing. And I was sat outside this house thinking, right, I'm in the back end of Birmingham, going to see this huge guy for shamanic healing. I'm like, what am I doing? But got on so well with him. And he put me in touch with the lady that I'm trained with. Um, and it just kept progressing and progressing. And when I started this shamanic course, um, the lady we train with, um, Stacey, she said, this isn't just learning stuff. This is about your transformation as well. And I very cockily thought, well, I've done my hypnotherapy. I've done all my healing for 10 years. I'm just going to learn some new stuff. Um, and I think my guys laughed at me. Um, and, um, and that was really transformational because it's, I liken healing to like uh, peeling an onion. You know, you take the, the hardest, brownest layers out first and then just keep peeling layers away, layers away. And with peeling those layers away, um, my energy was shifting. I was getting better perception. I was connecting more strongly with the, the universe. Um, getting more clarity on what I wanted to do, where my passions were, better able to navigate my own energy and the people around me. Um, so it was an incredible, incredible journey. So three shamanic courses in now. Um, it's it's just um, incredible the work that we're now able to do to help people really find their true purpose. So um, so that's my journey in a nutshell. <laughs> Wow. Wow. There's so, yeah. I mean, it's like you say, perceptions, people probably would never have thought that that would have been where you started out and kind of how you've ended up where you are now. So it is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, in the heights of my stress, anxiety, in the day job, I used to think I was really passionate, um, but I would literally be storming up and down the office, slamming phones off, effing and jeffing, thinking my colleagues must think I'm really passionate, swinging from one extreme to the other, life and the soul of the party one minute. <laughs> full of anxiety the next but we're just leaving a trail of devastation behind me um basically but then the journey to now it, i think it's really important for people sometimes to stop and take a look backwards and see how far they've come and when i do do that occasionally i just think wow <laughs> wow yeah it's funny isn't it because actually i had a very uh, a conversation this morning with Chris, my other half, who, who you also met because we were yeah. together at um, Sarah and Sean's lovely celebration. And, you know, I said to Chris, gosh, I look back even just a year, you know, what we've achieved in this yeah. 12 months. If you told me about this time last year, this is what where we'd be, you know, I probably wouldn't have believed it. And I'm always kind of focused yeah. and have a plan and have a vision yeah. and I know my purpose. And But even with that, you're right. Sometimes you look back and you go, oh, wow. <laughs> actually what a change what a yeah. transformation you know and sometimes yeah. we don't stop and give ourselves the headspace to do that whether you're into yeah. all of this spiritual stuff or you're not just as a Anything. general piece of advice for anyone yeah. worthwhile isn't it to to stop yeah stop yeah, the roundabout take, yeah take a look back <laughs> i think i do say to people a lot when when i'm working with people's trauma and the bad experience they've had and we talk about what they're going through you you know often things happen for a reason and we have difficult times sometimes because we need to experience that for then the good things to come along. And then it's not until you look backwards and go, actually, if that thing didn't happen, then this thing I really wanted wouldn't have come through because it would have gone on a different path. So um, so you look back and you'll see some of these synchronicities and the things had to come into place to help you get to where you are. And 
Uh, I'm a firm believer you should never regret anything in your life because everything got you to where you are right now. And everything's a lesson. You know, in, in IT software, um, you know, we have a fail fast and then mentality. Um, and we're constantly reviewing and using data and using information to make considered decisions. We should do the same thing in our own lives, you know, looking back, see how far we've come, see what we've learned from the experiences um, and just making sure that we learn from them and adjust how we how we go forward. So, yeah, great advice. Yeah, fantastic. So, you know, you must come across some people that are massively into all of this, get it and are fully on board. And then you've probably got another group of people that are, what a load of tosh. What are you <laughs> yeah. talking about? We've got previous lives and this, that, and the other. And you've probably got some, some people in the middle that kind of think, oh, yeah. maybe there's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Absolutely, sure. yeah. So, so how do you, how do you um, sort of approach the, the, the people that, that don't believe it um, and, and sort of maybe have a different view of the world, you know? Is that is there a place for that as well, or is is there oh, only one of, version? Of, yeah, of course. You know, everybody is on a journey, right? And wherever you are on that journey is is just fine. I don't judge anybody, and I don't judge anybody's beliefs. One of my best friends is a born again Christian, uh, and we talk about that a lot. And he, you know, he'll say we kind of believe the same things, don't we? And I said, yeah, we just have a different perception of what what is around, really. And um, and you know, wherever you are, you, you know, I I don't judge. It's like with the hypnotherapy practice a lot of my clients actually are on some kind of spiritual journey and they might look around my room and see the crystals or the paintings and start to ask questions or talk about their own little experiences but um but i i don't force anything i don't force my views you know i come with love and compassion with everybody uh and i think whatever you believe is is your perception that's absolutely fine um but i'm more than happy to talk about what i believe and, and my concepts of um, life in the universe and everything um, and and I think you've got to have an open mind because you you're always learning you know my mind and my understanding is always expanding it's um you know through my meditations and, and just having a conversation myself and Tasha is also she might heal my partner um, we can just be sat in bed and suddenly our minds are firing off and we're talking and and we know information is coming in it's not from our own heads um so it's never there's never an opportunity where you can't learn something from anybody, I think. Um, but for people who are on a journey, you know, I just meet them where are that they're at. It's like sometimes I change the language I use to to be aligned with the, their understanding at this point in time. And even for myself, when I start the shamanic uh, training course, there's having a lot of experiences with spirit, a lot of um, meditation, and um, you know, connecting spirits in my house and things like this. But they were talking about fairies and dragons and mermaids. And I was like, I yeah, yeah, lost me at mermaids and fairies. Um yeah. and uh, and now I understand mermaids are land spirits, you know. Mermaids do exist on other planets, right? There's water-based plants out there. Um and as you as you evolve and understand, then of course you realize that it, my perception was wrong of what that was. And now I just understood and learned what it was through seeing it through my meditations, etc. So um so yeah i think the key thing with anything really is meeting people where they're at and just being open yeah i love that i love that and you're right you know sometimes you, it's it is a journey and you you evolve you know and you started with a bit of yoga you know and then some meditation yeah. and, and you, you know and actually just i think being trying to find 
piece is maybe you know it's a big word isn't it actually but 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 even the journey of self-discovery of self-awareness whatever that Mm. is even if it's a very someone's a very practical and you come from a very practical you know logical world of it and that you're now at the extreme you know of of that so i think i think the point is you've got to find what's right for you haven't you and um and actually you can probably help people on that spectrum wherever they are absolutely and and you know it's uh we experience this with our own kids you know i've got i've got two boys and, and sasha has uh, a daughter um they're 16 13 and, and 9 so um you know they they see what we do um <laughs> they take the mickey out of us all the time for what we do um and sometimes they'll lie to it sometimes they won't and i you know again it's important not to push these things on uh on, on the kids i believe and they'll, they'll open to it if and when they're ready. Um, but I don't hide anything of what we do or what I believe. Um, I just say to them, you know, you just stay open-minded and see what feels right for you. Because my perception isn't necessarily your perception. Or, you know, I'm not necessarily right either. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no, exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, for you, Chris, I mean, a lot of people will carry stuff with them, whether it's from whether it's from a previous life, if that's what you believe, yeah. or even just from an earlier stage of your, yeah. you know, if you, yeah. if you only have one life. You're in it, but you've probably got stuff that's happened in the past that is you yeah. carry with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of that can be around kind of, I suppose, you know, childhood environment you grow up in, the influences around you at the time. And, you know, some kids have very tough times and, and you know, they're, they're, they have to deal yeah. with, with things that children shouldn't have to deal with. But for yeah. you personally, um, did you as a child, it sound, I remember we were talking um, uh, off off air if you like when we were at Sarah and Sean's and you you were talking about kind of being quite a big thinker as a kid and and sort of sort of aware of sort of some thoughts in your mind even at a very young age do you want to just sort of share that a little bit because that might help people yeah absolutely so we're all born with a certain physiology of of how our mind works like a blueprint and uh, I don't know much about astrology but Tasha's mum is uh, an amazing astrologist and i've only started to understand that a little bit more but i think we're born with for your physiology of how our minds work and that's i found out it was adhd last year and that's what adhd is okay it's your mind just works differently but but then through experience and situations that's having an, an impact and an imprint on how you think behave and it's creating fear and reactions all the way through growing up and i was always branded um, a warrior a deep thinker when i was young um and you know i would stare out of the window driving somewhere and i'd be seeing spaceships and cars flying around i'd be on my own little world like secret life of walter mitty for people who've seen that was like my childhood um so i always had a very vivid imagination so um so that that played a big role really for me um growing up but i mean i i said like i realized i was struggling with mental health um you know in my early 30s but actually, when I understood the physiology, I realized I've struggled with anxiety since I was seven. And that was about the time my parents were splitting up. Um, so that has a significant imprint on on me and my physiology. So every time you're in a situation where you feel unsafe, your body reacts in the same way as there's a physical danger. It, it fires the fight or flight system. Um, and anxiety is the adrenaline in your body. Um, cortisol blocks your rational thought process to allow subconscious to take over in real danger. But what it does in emotional distress, it tries to protect you in the same way. So if you're three, four years old and you're dancing, singing, expressing yourself in whichever way you feel natural, 
But then somebody, a parent, uh, an older brother in my case, says, Chris, you look stupid. You sound awful. What are you doing? It, it creates a sense of feeling unsafe. So the next time you go to sing and express yourself, you're going to moderate your behavior. So mm. you're going to um, have a fear of being judged or criticized. And of course, that moderation in behavior then plays out in the rest of your life. So in school, you might get a little bit of bullying that amplifies that fear. Then parents might give you too much negative encouragement and a positive amplifies that fear, um, bad relationships. And suddenly in adult life, you've got fear of failure, avoiding responsibility in a job or avoiding progression or go the other way, which is what I did, and turn into a massive people pleaser. And you, you have imposter syndrome, trying to make up a perceived gap. So um, so for me, when you start to get these labels, like Chris is a warrior, Chris is a deep thinker, you, it's cementing and building on that, that certain mindset and behaviors. So, you know, ultimately how it played out for me um, was, you know, talks about a stress anxiety I suffered in the workplace, which was self-worth, basically, not feeling good enough. Um, and even with the sport I was doing, you know, I was doing um, endurance sport to, to get fitter and healthier because I put lots of weight on in university um, for a bad lifestyle. Um, and uh, and I realized, well, that was helping with my stress and anxiety as well. But, you know, like a drug addict or like a, a thrill seeker or someone to find bigger and bigger challenges to counteract their increasing stre- uh, stress and anxiety. Now, I would have never admitted this at the time, but the reason why I was doing marathons, triathlons, Ironman, massive cycling challenges was really to get my dad's attention and say, I can do something my brother can't. And to stick two fingers up on my brother as well and say, look, I can do something you can't because he was really sporty, good at everything he picked up. Um, and he had a much closer relationship with my dad being older. And that's how they connected. Um, so I was I was the awkward, clumsy child. He didn't quite know how to interact with. Um, so you can see how that self-worth from his early years and has a significant impact in later life as you go through all these different challenges, just adds more and more weight to these fears. And once the fear is created, it's never cancelled. And the more it gets elevated, it never comes back down again. So PTSD is a good example of that, you know, where people being in such an extremity of environment when they come back to to home life, they're still in that ultra high state of fear. Yeah, that's uh, that's so interesting. Thanks for sharing that, Chris. Because I think I'm sure a lot of people, you know, everyone everyone's experiences are different, and we're all yeah. uniquely yeah. ourselves, aren't we? Yeah. Um, but I bet a lot of people listening to this are probably, you know, there's a couple of light bulbs kind of going on for people thinking, oh yeah, actually, you know, yeah. that's making yeah. sense. Now maybe yeah. that yeah, maybe yeah. I've carried something forward. You know, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. I, I remember being on a leadership development program when I was. Um, I think I was at Saga. I was the CEO of the travel division for Saga, which yeah. is a um, big listed business. I remember being on this on this leadership development program. So I was probably in my forties, early forties at mm. this stage. And I remember we had this mentor. It was a great program. Anyway, it was a retreat and kind of a residential, three different sort of you know periods of time. And I mm. remember having this sort of coaching session, yeah. and the coach said to me, "What would you say to the to the young Jeanette?" Right, and he said, T- "Describe young Jeanette to me." And yeah. I, I was, I described the younger me as being this quite outgoing, flamboyant child, always, always dancing, always at the front of the stage, always kind of doing all of this. Yeah. And I had this real light bulb moment, and the reason I was like that 
was look at me i'm here i'm the youngest of three three daughters you know and yeah. even though i had a, a lovely child and i was very loved yeah. i always obviously had this deep need to be recognized and to, yeah. to get the affirmation that you are good yeah. enough and yeah and I, yeah. and i in my 40s i had that revelation and i remember sitting there crying and just it just sort of made sense all of a sudden because yeah yeah absolutely we we all people talk about inner child work and you've essentially described it beautifully there um where it, it is recognizing all of these fear and reactions that were playing out in your early life that then took into to adulthood um and, it, and it's amazing the stuff that 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 people recognize through all of the healing modalities i use um understanding themselves better and realizing that they're not to blame for anything they're just victims of our environment ultimately um and the even the extremities of things that people do it's all created from trauma um you know gabon Marte um has done some great books and, and tv shows around trauma and how why it happens um and nobody's born a murderer nobody's born a criminal it's all through through trauma experience that disconnects them so much they think those things are an okay thing to do um but it doesn't need to be the things we normally associate with that word trauma. It's anything that creates a sense of unsafety. And, and certainly in those early years, uh, up to seven, when the conscious mind is barely developed, we're very susceptible to the world around us. Um, we learn how to express ourselves, how to show affection, how to communicate from a parent. So if they're struggling with their own mental health, that will have a significant impact in you. And, and parents are great at saying, oh, you all have the same upbringing. Um, we didn't because as a parent you're very different between each child even a year and a half is a big difference in your life and between the first and second child you shift massively don't you and then like I said being the, the third child of course you again you have a very different experience because there's there's three of you to to be cared yeah. for and catered for and share all of that love and affection so um, and you get lots of jealousy from siblings and rivalry and all those things playing out yeah, it's it's fascinating. It really is. So, so Chris, in terms of people that that maybe um, you know are interested in uncovering some of this stuff for themselves, but they're they're mm. not necessarily. Well, I'm going to come at it from two angles. They're not necessarily into the the more full on version, shall we say, of um, past lives and everything yep. that, that kind of you yeah. you described earlier. But they do want to address some things and they do yeah. want to kind of improve and be a better version of themselves and live their best life what are some of the simple things that that you can you know recommend that people do just to kind of start them off on that journey of self-discovery yeah so so the 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 biggest step initially really is self-awareness start mm. to become aware of how you react in certain situations, start to become aware of how you might be moderating your behavior, how you might be reacting in stressful situations. Um, and once you have that self-awareness, you'll start to understand what the triggers are, if that makes sense. And it gives you something tangible then to start to try and explore. Um, um, and I always say to everybody, you know, you go with whatever therapy you feel aligned with, because there's lots of different um, therapies out there and lots of different healing modalities as well. Um, but a key thing with any um, therapy is trust and rapport between client and therapy is massively important. So it's also about finding the right therapist who you feel aligned and you can build that trust with as well. So self-awareness is a big starting point and start to do some things for yourself. Um, 
so many people are just giving too much all the time to family, friends, um, in the workplace, um, trying to find that self-worth and self-love externally. Um, but give yourself some time just for you. Even if it's half an hour a day, shooting yourself away with a coffee, even if it's just giving yourself some time out to listen to a podcast or some music, um, getting out and seeing some friends, make sure you're giving yourself that self-love time um, as much as you can um, during your week. Um, because if you imagine the all of these fear and reactions, the balls in the bucket, the stress bucket is a great analogy that a lot of coaches use. Um, and the bucket's getting full and ever flowing. You need to do something to empty that bucket. And that's what the self-love things are doing. Whether it's exercise, sports, pastimes, anything that creates a sense of worth for you, just you is really important. The self-love things, the things that you feel passionate about, um, they're the, the, we call it soul food. Um, you know, they're the things that will help in the short term. Um, and beyond that, find yourself a great therapist (laughs) (laughs) no that's fantastic that's that is really great practical advice um and you're right you know there's lots of demands on us all the time and and sometimes Mm. I think people feel that if they spend time for themselves that they're they're being selfish which has got a negative connotation actually it's not you can't drink from an empty cup so exactly yeah yeah it's like when you're in an airplane the, the yep. safety video say you've got to put your own mask on before anybody else does otherwise you won't be able to help anybody and it's the same analogy if you're mm. coming from an empty cup you can't help anybody else because you're drained yourself and that will ultimately lead to those negative emotions anxiety stresses going into the body physically uh, and learn lead to dis-ease the clues in the name you know firm believer all physical ailments start in the mind at some point um so uh also a really key thing to think about yeah, let's talk about that, that connection between sort of mental well-being and physical well-being, mm-hmm. um, yeah. because I, I'm a big believer as well. I mean, I'm not saying that, you you know, you can't um, use modern medicine to heal stuff, you know, of course, but but I think there is a big piece around our minds also helping with our physical or, you know, I know I know simple thing. If I get stressed, I start getting little patches of eczema. So I know, even though I don't feel stressed, as soon as I start getting little patches of eczema, I go, oh, something's going on, even if I'm not fully consciously aware of it. So that's just a really silly example. But there's extremes of that, isn't there, as well? So do you want to just talk us through a little bit around your thoughts on that? Yeah, there is. So, um, so, you know, over the years, I've I've had this theory that, that all physical elements start in the mind, and um, I sort of question, well, what about these elements that start very early on in life? So, I've actually had clients recall the process of being born or the experience of being in a womb, and and when they describe it, I'm starting to thinking, is that really what they're describing? It's happened too many times now that it, it is exactly what it is, because even in the womb, you're picking up things energetically around you, and the first sense that develops quite early on i believe as well is the hearing so if you're in a um, your mum's in a very traumatic environment um while you're pregnant you you are consuming all of that negative energy her anxiety is going into you as well so that's the starting point really um and for a lot of people um they experience um ibs when they get stressed and anxious and that 
is always stress related unless there's something very physical going on but um always stress related and and i get bad ibs when i get stressed um and that's been a journey um i've been on for for 20 years um that um i know as soon as i start to get stressed that is what will happen and some people have the extremity of that as well but other people you know chronic fatigue fibromyalgia me that is all stress going physically into the body um and the clients i work with with those kinds of um issues they actually react very physically in the chair in the hypnosis as well their arms are all over the place um so it's a good confirmation that, that the emotions going into the body very physically so um so yeah so you, you know this ease you know it's the stress things anxiety, the tension going to the body and give you some examples from from my hypnotherapy work i've had clients where they've had chronic hip pains for example um and we've tuned into what the root cause of that is the subconscious has shown maybe the grief around um one client losing a granddad 10 years ago and then actually she said after the session actually it did get worse a year ago when a friend passed away it's like it's good confirmation then um and i've had people's back pains uh, hip pains shoulder pains relieve or go after healing sessions in hypnosis or shamanic healing because it's the echo of that physical thing still firing in the uh, nervous system um so yeah it's really important i think to heal on the three levels, I, I call it a triangle of healing now because I work on the energetic and the fit uh, and the emotional, sorry. But if you don't catch the emotional energetic quick enough, it will lead into a physical element, which might go too far that needs physical intervention. So, um, so I, I've had torn rotator cuffs, um, for, for four years. I've only just got on top of them. So emotionally that's weight of world on the shoulders. That's worry, that's stress because you hold your body differently. You, you sit differently, you walk differently because you're feeling that that uh, emotion. Um, but the physical went too far, so it it created a tear basically in the joint. So I had to get physical intervention to resolve that. Um, so I went, I went to a Chinese uh, massage uh, specialist, just someone called Twina, to actually understand that it's all to do with the physiology and the connectivity to the back muscles and pulling the shoulders back, all that kind of stuff. So the same with things like cancers and other physical ailments, eventually we'll get to the point where you need physical intervention. So, uh, you, you know, you made the point earlier on that traditional medicine has still got a place. Um, I absolutely uh, agree with that. Um, and you've got to make sure that you, you're doing both things, really, um, just to make sure. And I think as the NHS changes and it evidently gets pushed away, it's getting pushed, um, people will realise they need more preventative health care. They need to look after their bodies better. Um, you know, look after the most preventative, precious possession we own our bodies right um and you know for me what i've i met a wonderful lady who's a dietitian recently um and she helped me understand um that um i've had food intolerances for years i've just i've caught so much out of my diet um my brother says i'm going to be eating dust before too long um but she said it's actually to do with your gut biome you've just not got the right bacteria i was like oh interesting so all of those periods of IBS and stress have just played havoc with the microbiome and my guts. So it's all out of uh, out of sync. You know, some's overgrown, some's undergrown. Um, so it's like, aha. So again, it's a good indication the physical has gone too far. So you've got to look after your diet, the your uh, mobility. You've got to look after 
um, you know, your strength, you've got to look after your emotions, you've got to make sure you're getting a relaxation time, whether it's meditation or just spending time with friends. Um, and you've got to look after the energetic as well. So you've got to give yourself time in nature, time away from all the different stimuluses we have in life, Wi-Fi, TVs, laptops, phones, whatever it might be. It's getting that balance between all three of those things. Yeah, yeah. Be kind to yourself, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, in whichever shape or form that is. But yeah, you're right. It's a good it's a good reminder. I think sometimes we um you know, someone comes along into your life to, for a reason. A really great friend of mine, um, Karen, she always says people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I like that, you know, I like that. And it's okay to, you know, that maybe you're not in touch with certain people who you were mm. before because that yeah. the, the time has shifted and, and now, you know, it's not that you fall out with people, but things change. And, uh, you know, yeah. I think, on, yeah. you know, hearing a lesson and sometimes I think... Um, I don't know what you think about this, Chris, but I think sometimes people have repeated behavior, right? Yeah. Um, or they, yeah. they and yeah. and then they'll still get the same a similar results. Maybe they always attract, I don't know, yeah. bad men into their life or yeah, yeah. whatever it might be, right? Yeah. And my theory on it is because you've not learned the lesson, it's I'm still just, happening just, because you've not learned the lesson. Yeah. So, you know, if you're still getting like whatever aches and we, what do you, you've not done anything different. So it's, you've not learned the lesson. <laughs> yeah. So it's still, it's still trying to teach you, still yeah. trying to teach you. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent believe that as well. Um, you, you know, it's, um, it's really important to start to see the signals and, um, is it the, the Confucius saying the definition of stupidity doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And of course that's absolutely the same with our bodies. And, um, you know, talking about relationships, you know, you, you attract those relationships because that behavior has been normalized in your life. So it's actually clues in those repeating patterns where you need to do the healing. So that might go back to an negative relationship with your parents where their behavior was so normalized. You then, um, attract partners who have that same negative behavior so you know um if parents are struggling with mental health maybe they're quite narcissistic in their behaviors you, you're gonna um normalize that so a partner who's narcissistic other people might run a mile from and go oh god no I'm not even gonna go on a day with that person it's become so normalized you just think it's normal you yeah yeah it. yeah interesting so, so through your journey, given that you've you've hate, you've made like I mean you you use the word transformation before and it's a big word, yeah. right? But I, I think in in your case, it's very clear that you know you're in such a different space from kind of where life started and your professional career yeah. in the IT world, etc. I mean, it is genuinely a massive transformation. <laughs> um, through that journey, Chris, you well, no, I don't put words in your mind. Uh, did you did you find that there were certain people that were on that journey with you and kind of supported you with that change? Yeah. Uh, but, and did you also find other people that just didn't get it and, and that you ended up having to sort of part company or, or maybe reduce the amount of time you spend with people? Because yeah. it does shift and not everyone is always going to be there for you in the way that you would like them to be there for yeah. you when you are yeah. making particularly big shifts like you've made yeah. can you talk about that a yeah, bit? yeah 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 100 percent um it's all about alignment for me um so you, you know for me personally you know um i was married uh, i got divorced in in 2013 10 years ago 
Um, so, you know, when we first met, me and my ex-wife were very aligned and we kind of went like this on different journeys. And it got to the point where that alignment had shifted and we were trying to control the alignment by staying together. We were just um, creating resistance constantly. So, so that had to come to an end. Um, but then um, I went on a, a journey of periods of prolific dating and periods of serious relationships. And and I met lots of wonderful people along that that journey. And as you said, some people come in for a short period of time and season. Um, and I had some, some really nice relationship with people that we helped each other grow and then we moved on. Um, and um, equally, I had some where it were just lessons and some where it showed up things that I needed to heal, uh, if that makes sense. And, and the same with friendships, you know, um, I've got two very, very close friends of, of we, we've been friends since the first year of secondary school. Um, and we're both very much on a journey together, the, the three of us. Um, but some friends, they they fall along the wayside, along the way. Some you catch up every now and again. And it, again, it's all about alignment. So as you move forward, you, you, you know, some people stay, stay here to stay where they are. You know, I've got some friends who they still think it's 1995. They're still doing the exact same things that we're doing then. So it's almost yeah. like I'd have to bring myself down to their level to kind of meet them where they are because they would never come up to my level. So the, it's resistance, right? So I don't want to go out and get trashed every weekend anymore. Um, a couple of drinks and I'm done. Um, so it's it's just accepting that I think that it's okay that that things fall away, people come into your life, people go out of your life. And it's you know, one of the basic rules of law of attraction is that you have to let things go for new things to come in. So if you take a, a promotion at work, you have to let some responsibilities go to take on the new responsibilities, right? And it's the same in, in life. So, um, you you know, as you evolve, new friends will come in that are more aligned to you suddenly. Um, and then that process might happen again or then might, they might come along with you on the journey. So, um, and we experience grief often when we, we lose friendships or fall out with, um, people we might have known for a long time when we were younger. Um, and I think it's just accepting that that's okay. It's just part of life's journey, really. And and it's the the whole kind of like pattern of life that's presented to us when we're young, that, you know, we expect to meet somebody when we're with them for a while, you get engaged and you get married, then you have at least two kids because you don't have to, then there's something wrong with you. Uh, <laughs> you have buy a big house, flash cars and save retirement. But not all relationships need to be long term you you know not all relationships are forever and it and it's just accepting that when when that suddenly the resistance starts to happen often people hold on to it for too long and that's what creates then the situation where we fall out right um and, and i think it's important to recognize that and then have those sensible conversations whether it's friendships relationships or whatever else it might be it could be jobs it could be work colleagues um again it's I think it's really important to recognize your body's own signals for things. So you talked about anxiety being your body's walking warning mechanism, sorry. So often we feel anxiety when the environment isn't safe. So if you feel a lot of work anxiety, then your body's saying that job's not right for you anymore, that environment's not right for you anymore. Feel anxiety in a relationship, that relationship's not working anymore, it's not right for you. So, you know, you have to make some changes in some way. So it could be that's the trigger to have the conversation with your partners about, okay, this isn't working for me, these reasons. Can we make those changes? If we can, amazing. If we can't, then we go our separate ways. 
in the workplace, right, my job's not right for me. Can I change it and make it more aligned? No. Okay. Now I'll go find a different job and that's okay. And it's the fears that hold us back from, from doing those things and making those decisions in the right time and space rather than waiting until it becomes a big issue. Um, and ultimately we end up swimming with stress, anxiety or other issues. Yeah, that is such a profound way of putting it. I don't think I've ever had a conversation around this topic that has been so beautifully articulated. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, seriously, because because I think, you know, we all deep down, we talk a lot about, you know, surround yourself with the right people. Not everyone's yeah. on your journey. It's OK to sort of move on or, you know, or, or to change who's in your world at different times. But yeah. I, I, that alignment piece and, and um, yeah, that's really that's really struck with me, actually. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, there was a beautiful quote yeah. I saw recently. I can't remember who it's attributed to, um, but they said, you know, surround yourself with people who bring you up and pull you up rather than pull you backwards. And and that's a good a good analogy for the alignment as well. When they're mm-hmm. exactly what you're talking about there. Surround yourself with the right people. Yeah. yeah. My old boss, Richard Prosser, when I was at TUI, he's he's been a huge, huge influence in my life, career, been, you know, a mentor, guide. Mm-hmm. He's a fabulous, fabulous human being. Um, and he used to say to me, listen, Jeanette, there are two types of people in life. There are radiators that exude warmth and energy and make you feel good when you're around them. And then there are drains, mm-hmm. those that just kind of sap, you know, they take the oxygen out of the room. And, um, you know, and, and I, <laughs> it stayed with me. It stayed with me really, you know, really, a really long time. And then the other way you put it was there are sappers that just like kind of, <laughs> yeah. And then there are zappers that kind of, you know, you just want to zappers take on the world. Zappers, when you, zappers and zappers. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, but yeah. I, that, as I say, that was a beautiful description, how you actually um, articulated it there, Chris. So massive thank you for that. That's, that's hugely helpful. Um, and, and Chris, what's been the, what's been the real high point in your life? Would you say when you look back so far or, or the, I'm sure there's been lots of highs. Um, yeah. What, what standout moments point. for you? I think that the real big significant shifts, if you like, that have got me into flow and a much better place are, you you know, one of the biggest, biggest ones really was that first moment of realizing that I had a problem with my mental health. Um, that was a key moment because it could have gone one of two ways, right? You know, I remember driving to work at 5 a.m. in the morning, driving from Doncaster to Leeds in my flash, shiny Mercedes, thinking I drove into that ditch on the M180 I wouldn't have to go to work for six weeks and I called myself and thought holy crap Chris that's pretty dark uh, and that was the kind of one of the things that gave me that realization and and I think I'm a firm believer that people are either suffering or healing one or the other nothing in between in that moment I shifted into healing so I made that decision then I was like right I am going to fix this I am going to sort this out um, and that was a start of my journey, really, of getting me to to here. And I've met some wonderful people along um, my my journey. Some for very short periods of time, some for a long period of time. Um, you, you know, the 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 key people. Ken Ray was a sports psychologist who who pointed me in the direction of hypnotherapy. He 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 won't probably realise how profound that um, that conversation was. Uh, meeting my hypnotherapy uh, mentor John Richardson again um, great friends with him now um, you know that that really was um, divine intervention putting him in my path um, and yeah 
there's so many people it's like Stacey Keese I've schematic training with and and that wonderful big bear Kev who kind of got me uh, in touch with Stacey do you know it, it, it's like some people have, are in your life for a long period of time as you said and make prolonged differences over a, a long period some people come in like that and go like that but they don't really realise that you've had a massive shift forward with that is that classic about those teachers you remember from from being young you know um, I, I remember a teacher when I was eight years old that, that had a profound impact on me even at that age. Um, again, short period of time, she will have no idea the impact she had on my life. But um, but I think it's really great to recognise those people, even even if just in here, you know, in your own heart. Um, but but yeah, it, some wonderful wonderful events and and people I've met, and this the whole spiritual awakening. Um, that was again a profound trigger, really, again for for moving me to where I am and understanding that there is more to existence than this little kind of globe that we're on, um, and this kind of hamster wheel cycle of work, home, drink, work, home, drink that I was stuck in in most of my life up to being thirty five or whatever it was. Um, so. Too too much to mention, but they're the they're the big things, really. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Thank you. That's 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 fabulous. Yeah, and, and I can't not know, mention my partner Tasha as well, um, because we, since me and Tasha, we've just exploded the two of us and just gone into the stratosphere. Working, working, and living with somebody who does the same thing. Some people might think, "Why well, is that a bit too much?" But we're just constantly firing off each other and daydreaming about new things and new events we can do and new ways of working so yeah wonderful yeah that special person in your life you know i mean not some people and it doesn't have to be a love relationship you know it could be an amazing friendship or someone in the family Mm, but you know to have someone that's really kind of got your back by your side will yeah. be your biggest advocate, but also probably your biggest critic at times as well. You know, keep it true. <laughs> yeah. I have that with Chris. You know, I feel incredibly fortunate. You know, I, we've got a wonderful relationship, but, you know, it's not always that he's all saying, oh, aren't you wonderful, Jeanette? Sometimes I go, hang on a minute. <laughs> You're pushing your luck too far or, oh, maybe you should think about it. You yeah. Know? And it, and it's, it's it's growth as well, right? You know, a great relationship yeah. is where we can grow together. And uh, Tasha and I, what you call Twin Flames, I won't go too deep into that now, but we are the biggest reflection of each other. So we trigger the hell out of each other. But being healers, we recognize that that is the signals of where we need to heal and where the growth is, you know. Um, so it's not just all the fluffy Disney stuff. It's actually been able to grow together as well. Do you talk about normal stuff as well at home, Chris? Like, you know, you're fighting over the control or like who's going to make the tea tonight? Do you, do you, or is it all deep and meaningful conversations all um, the time? No, we have lots of conversations about food, poo, cats, um, <laughs> you name it. <laughs> I love it. We're keeping it real. We're keeping it real. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So, Chris, when you look back through your your kind of wonderful life and obviously you're on this, you know, this this amazing, well, this life or, you know, previous lives or the future <laughs> lives, but let, let's stick in this one for now, uh, just for the benefit of, of where we are. Can you think of the best piece of advice that you've been given over the years? Um, I, you know, I was trying to think of this earlier on. She um, pre-warned me this question. Um, and I, I, I couldn't pinpoint one piece of advice and... Um, so I've amalgamated it into lots of different things, I think. And I think it's about being authentic, really, being your authentic self. So 
you know, I spent a lot of my life moderating my behavior to be what I thought a certain person wanted. Um, I was moderating the tone of my voice. I was moderating my hands, my behaviors, everything. Um, but being authentic and allowing myself to be my true self has been a massive, massive shift. Um, and and then the other key thing really is following your passions. Um, you know, you will be successful at anything in your life if you're passionate about it. This is what I've come to realize. And one of the big um, shifts I had in, in letting go of an old career was very successful and very well paid for was the, you know, I got to the, almost the pinnacle of that career. And I thought, if I can do that in something that I actually really disliked by that time, what can I achieve for something I'm actually really passionate about? Um, and that gave me that steely determination that I knew I could do. I just knew I'd be su- successful at it. Um, so follow your passions, you know, find out what your passions are, explore them, and then just really focus on it. And, um, it, you know, somebody recently said, Liz Bateson, who I've connected with, said, you know, if you're not passionate about it, you should walk away from it. Just let go. It doesn't matter how well it's going. If you haven't got a passion anymore, then it is dead effectively. It's just going to get worse. Um, so I think it's finding those passions. And if you're not passionate about it anymore, find the next thing. Um, and I think just be brilliant at it. I, I, I was um, a big fan of boxing when I was younger and uh, Muhammad Ali. And there was an interview I was, I was watching when I was probably in my early teens. He was talking about, you know, if he was a bin man, he'd be the world's greatest bin man. Um, and, you know, he, he used to say, uh, I didn't want to be humble. I want to be something else. Yeah, I, I am brilliant what I do. Um, and that stuck in my mind, really. And I think, you know, whatever you're passionate about, just try and be the best you can at it. Because if you're passionate about it, you're going to have that desire, right? Um, and you just got to keep learning and keep evolving. And um, and for me as a healer, I'm still healing myself. I'm still finding new things that are coming up, new layers to heal, um, peeling away those layers of onions. Um, and I think it's really important to to keep evolving and never keep stood still, basically. Yeah, I love that. Amazing. Fantastic. And, you know, obviously an interesting year for you, lots going on for you and Tash and the family and the business and everything that you're doing with the people you're helping. So if you could describe this year in one word, what would it be and why? Um, Alignment is the key word for me at the moment. I'm talking a lot about alignment. We talked about it today already. Um, So it's, you know, for me, this year has all been about recognizing I need to be aligned in every element of my life as far as I can possibly at that time. So it's finding the people I'm aligned with. It's finding the things that I do in my business that align to me. It's finding the hobbies and the books that are aligned. It's finding the people that are aligned. And when you when we try and seek that alignment, we can try and force that alignment by controlling it. So it could be trying to control a relationship that's not going um, well anymore, it's not in alignment, or a job that's not in alignment, try and control that, bring it back into alignment. But actually, when we let go of that and allow ourselves to to flow, alignment will naturally come to us. Um, when you're doing the things you're passionate about, the right people, the right money, the right energy, everything will naturally come to you. I'm a firm believer in there. And that's really what a law of attraction is is about. It's about alignment and energy. Um, and uh, and since we, myself and Tasha started to kind of come to these realizations, um, suddenly we're both moving forward much quicker rates. Fantastic. Great word. 
Alignment. Fabulous. Mm. So I was reading your bio earlier, Chris, and in your bio, you've got, and you've used this word before, so I love it because it's a word that we share in common, and you say, helping people become brilliant by helping them take back control of their lives and find true fulfillment. Mm. So the word brilliant is the one that stands out to me, clearly. So the podcast is Brave, Bold, Brilliant. So when you hear that, what does that mean to you, Chris? So, um, so brave it, to be brave, you've got to let go of fear, right? It's fear that, that stops us being brave. So that's about healing. So it's letting go of the fear, letting go of the past. It's dealing with the the past traumas you've experienced. It's the shadow work that we like to call it in spiritual circles. Um, and then being bold is, is really about being passionate. And it's like if you're passionate, you can be bold. You can really push yourself to new levels if you're passionate about something, you know, um, I spent a life in in IT and life of risk management, um, which is dull as dishwater. But the more you manage risk, the more you can take risks. So, you know, put precautions in place for what can go wrong, but focus on what can go right. Be bold with it, you know, and being brilliant really is about your passion. You know, put all your energy into the things that feel great. Absolute waste of time putting energy into something you don't feel aligned to because you're just going to get resistance to it um so let it go and don't be afraid to to be bold and then find the things that you really align to um so yeah that's that's my thoughts on that perfect i love it and chris where can people you know connect with you where can they find you if they're interested in working with you or you know kind of just learning more about what you do and how you can help brilliant so my website is www.developlink.com um so you can find out more about me what i do you can book a free consultation online or in person. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, um, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. So I have a development link called development underscore UK. I can't remember which is which. And TikTok too. I put lots of videos on TikTok now. Um, just, just different thoughts and um, concepts around the things that we talked about today, really. So again, I think that's development underscore UK. Um, so yeah, more than happy to, to connect with people and have conversations and hey, anybody who wants to collaborate or learn more about what we do as well always keen to meet people doing similar lines of work as well fantastic that's great well chris it's been a fascinating conversation you've shared so much value and advice it's going to help so many people listening so huge huge thank you to you and now i understand exactly how you go from being it to shaman i get it <laughs> yeah, well done you <laughs> exactly. thank you me, Jeanette. Um, really appreciate it thank you you're very welcome very welcome chris thanks again i really hope you've enjoyed brave bold brilliant don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends and if you've enjoyed listening i'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review